Welcome everybody to the GBO podcast where we're talking Gamecock basketball only. Brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. Bryce, how you doing today, man? It's March Madness time. Yeah? I want to say that we are the only pod that's going to break down week after week everything basketball. And there's no other pod that's going to spend more than five minutes on it. At least everything Gamecock basketball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know baseball's in swing, but who cares? It's transfer portal time. <laughs> that's right. It, it's and, and we also got the women out there in the selection show, too. We got that. But let's you, lead you know. off with the men. Breaking news today. Two departures from the basketball team. Trevon Manat, a.k.a. Aaliyah Boston's boyfriend. And we have... Javon Benson, Ridgeview player, after three years, he's leaving the program. Those are two departures, which, Sumter, would you say those are fairly expected? I, I think so. I mean, this team needed big men last year. Right. This team needed big men last year, and those guys are both big men, and, and they didn't play. And they, you thought returning they'd have a little bit on the up on some of the players coming in, but they did not smell playing time. I mean, how big was how big was Hayden Brown? Six four on a good day. So we were more willing to play a six four guy at center, right? Than bring one of these guys in. We saw him a knot for a few minutes the last week of the season, but yeah. that was pretty much it. Yeah, and and I mean, if I'm if I'm Trayvon Manot and I'm sitting on the bench, is he going to transfer wherever Leah Boston gets picked number one? I don't know. Something to think about. Sure, it's something for them to think about. You sure. know, like who who knows? Um, but uh, but I definitely would would want to play. I definitely also wouldn't want to sent the bench right for a for a basketball team that can't make the NIT. Sure, you know, like like go, that would be go, a statement. Go to a small school, get yeah. some minutes and play. So they're out. So if you do the math, we have two players coming in. Right. They and, will um, they will cancel out each other. Well and then we have the open scholarship. Right. And then we have Hayden Brown. So right, right now we have two open scholarships available. Right. And we will probably and I guess here's the way to look at this, okay, for, for from a scholarship standpoint. We have two open scholarships and we either have Gigi Jackson or an open scholarship. Correct. And so like and, he, we, and is it interesting that it's Monday and he has not declared. That is true. And I've seen two mock drafts. He's at number 27 in the first round and I don't call I think is it the first 15 picks or lottery? Yeah, if he's only at 27, that that, that becomes different. It's a little um, bit interesting and in that money wise you're talking about like a million dollars instead of a couple million dollars at being a lottery pick. So I just, I'm just, it's a little interesting that he hasn't declared. And in the mocks that I've seen, there's still a few he's around in the teens, but if two I've seen at 27 is where he's projected right now. All right. So the ones that I've been kind of basing this off of, uh, have been, I'm looking at it right now. I hadn't looked at it before the show. Uh, and what's the latest update? Draft, that? Is that recently? Draft, it, it is because he's fallen. Draft net has him at 19. Okay. All right. And then let's see. Tankathon was another one that I've been using. Also has him fallen to 21. And I'm curious. I've also been following him on the ringer. I'm curious what the ringer says. 
Uh, but talking money, he's dropping down money wise, and he's from what I was told, he's making a pretty a pretty good chunk of change at South Carolina with nil money. So this is actually something to watch. Okay. Um. Yeah, this is real. He's fallen on the ringer too. Uh, they've got him down to sixteen, and the ringer was that was his highest one. Um. So. Does that make him think? I know he, he's probably going to declare for the draft and go through the combine and get the feedback. I mean, he'd be stupid not to of doing the combine. But do you think that there's a maybe a when there was zero percent chance in his head about coming back? Is you think that that might rose to five to ten percent in his head to where he's even thinking about it? Yes, because this is real. So so um, well, I guess the question is here: is if Gigi Jackson comes back? What do what do we think happens to his draft stock? Well, he's going to get drafted whenever he goes on potential, and he right. had a decent year this year, averaging around sixteen, but sixteen and six, sixteen and seven. But it, he it th- could have been better. And I'm assuming the team saw that he had some, you know, interesting social media posts, and that led to him playing time for a few games. I wonder if that shown itself through the scouts, I'm assuming they get paid to scout everything about the guy. So they're probably aware of those during the season. Okay, so in last year's NBA draft, Jabari Smith was the third pick for the Houston Rockets. Okay. And I'm looking at it right now. He is he he is on a, uh, his rookie deal is paying him $9.3 million a season. Okay. All right. Mark Williams for the Charlotte Hornets was the 15th pick. All right. And his rookie deal is paying him three point nine million dollars. So it's almost a di- it's a difference of about five million dollars, and that's if he's fifteenth. And if he goes to the end of the first round, we're talking barely a million. Uh, no, no, we're definitely talking a million. We're talking a million, two million, like like one to three million. From what I saw, it was one point two at last year's number twenty seven pick. Right, right, right. It's it's one to three million dollars as it gets down to the to the, the bottom of this. But first round, you're guaranteed. And yes. when you go to the second round, there is yes. no guarantee. There is no guarantee. Which, which, now Gigi is def has definitely a higher NBA pedigree than uh, than former South Carolina basketball players. But we have seen South Carolina basketball players like have this happen to them, where like like PJ Dozier just declares after his sophomore year, AJ Lawson after his junior. Don't get drafted. Yeah, and so but Gigi's going to get drafted. Oh, he, he'll yeah. he'll definitely get drafted. But, but it is definitely something to think about. Like this is real. Him him falling like this is definitely real because if they believe that he could be a top five, six, seven pick in next year's draft, the top of this year's draft is very good. By the way, there, like there's the, you. Some might say the top five picks have already been figured out. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh it's. Um, they're not, most of them aren't in college basketball, but it's Wimben Yama, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller at Alabama. Um, and then it's two guys in the G league. I don't know anything about them. A lot of guys at high school are going um, G league now. Uh, I, I think they're brothers. Maybe I'm making this up the, okay. but, uh, but, but none of them play college basketball. And so therefore, I mean, we're Gamecock basketball only here. You, you know, I'm, I'm, we're definitely not NBA G League basketball only. I'm assuming that's a pretty small crowd. But I'll say <laughs> Maybe this. Maybe even smaller than this crowd we're trying to reach. All we're saying is let's just make sure we take note that it's interesting, but we're not going to get our, you know, excited about speculating him coming back because 
He could declare this week sometime. He, but, but but here's basically the deal. There's three spots, okay, available. The Paris should be looking for transfers for three spots, okay, where he should be recruiting transfers like he has three spots. And worst case scenario is he has two spots in Gigi Jackson, who will be better than anybody he's finding in the transfer portal. Sure. And so who who will not only be better than anybody in the tra- he's getting in the transfer portal, who will be a lot better than anybody he's getting in the transfer portal. Well, before we get into the transfer portal, we do want to mention the GBO bracket. Yeah. The GBO podcast bracket is on the ESPN Tourney Challenge. If you enter it, our sponsor, Modern Exterminating, is going to throw you a $150 gift card for their services. That's like two visits to your house right there. Or 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 if you're out there looking to buy a new house, that's a good start on that termite bond. Hey, I'm just saying, great great gift card idea. Thanks to Glenn Matthews and Melanie Matthews from Modern Exterminating. But join the challenge. See if you can beat Sumter and I's bracket, which we're not going to say we're the best. But So... I've got something fun happening with us. What you got? Okay, so uh, I promised them I'd, I'd surprise you with it on the pod. Okay. All right. Uh, Tim from Indiana, our, okay. w- w- one of our loyal listeners here, uh, who's who's now Tim in Charleston and is moving to Columbia. He's doing the bracket, but what he said he's going to do is he's going to set up some way to get his daughter, Charlotte, who's about your daughter's age. Like with like puffs to where she just picks one at random Ooh. and she picks a team and I might maybe we get Lucille in the in the in the uh, in the in the bracket challenge. I'll ask my wife if we can get Lucille in the bracket challenge <laughs> and uh, and we see if uh, y- you know Lucille versus Lucille versus Charlotte here who's gonna who, <laughs> I, I promised him I would bring this up on the pod. It's gonna be fun. He said he's gonna. He said he's gonna get the bracket done tomorrow. Yeah, but get your bracket in. You have till Thursday around noon to get that in, and then you have a chance to win that hundred and fifty dollars gift card from Modern Exterminating. Yeah, and uh, so even if you're not Columbia, you, you you know located, they uh they have services all the way out to Aiken, Orangeburg, uh, Winsboro, uh, Camden, um, and so um, I think that's I, I and I think he might even I think he has a few in Rock up to Rock Hill. Yeah, it, it goes it goes up seventy seven. So a little it's bit. the Midlands area, Midlands to Midlands out at twenty all the way to Aiken. So anyway, if you have any questions, reach out to us or direct message us on Twitter at gbo underscore pod, or you can email us at gamecockbasketballonly at gmail Now, back to the transfer portal. Something you're talking transfer portal today was the four, first, I guess, day where people can enter the transfer portal or officially. They've been people over the weekend that started entering, but get excited because South Carolina is coming out hot looking for people. We should be. First guy we looked at is BJ Mack from Wofford, fifth year transfer because uh, because of COVID he has an extra year. 16, 17 points a game, seven rebounds from Wofford, 6'8", 245. I've seen him even listed at 6'8", 261. So the guy hasn't missed a meal but you're looking if I guess Lamont knew about the transfers that were coming, and that's a power forward right there that we needed size to go with Josh Gray. I feel like that would be a good um, spot for him. He's in the top 15 in the transfer portal rankings on on three, but I believe Florida's coming after him, LSU's coming after him, and Butler is our competition for BJ Mack. Any thoughts on bringing in another SoCon All Star? Well, our so he's a SoCon Player of the Year, right? Uh, 
It's either that or he was first team SoCon. Yeah. So, um, Hayden Brown was was good this year. The problem was is that we want is that we needed Hayden Brown to be an elite SEC basketball player, and he wasn't that. If Hayden Brown had been on a Hayden Brown would have been a good SEC basketball player, and if and would have been, you know, if he was our number three, number four guy, just would have been. He would have just fit right in with this team, especially if we had enough big men to where he could play small forward. But he, he had to play at the four at six four six five, and it was not ideal. So and he, and call, we call those Tennessee games as examples. Yeah, and and you know, and 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 we had to, we, we even had to play him at center. I mean, like, like we're beating a dead horse here. Like, if you are a listener of the pod, we've complained about this a lot. But Hayden Brown might have made Liam Robbins' career out there at Vanderbilt. You, you know, like he all of a sudden had started having these games. But seeing that, seeing his, him averaging 17 at Citadel and then get here and averaging 10 to 12, you could at least say that could be the yeah. the floor. I am I'm totally fine bringing in guys that are really, really good in these mid-major conferences that are also older. And have size. I feel like yes. that was the breakdown last year. Right. We didn't have size with those guys. Right, right. Well, well, even if they're guards, like the breakdown last year was this team didn't have size. Having Hayden Brown on the team would have been good. We just needed him to be bigger because we didn't have anybody bigger. But if we had guys that were bigger, I'm fine with I'm fine bringing in a, a 6'4 guy that can play. You know what I mean? But so what I like, the, these mid-major guys that are older – you know, twenty-two-year-olds are better than eighteen-year-olds, and and like th- this this thing that's coming up, uh, the the tournament, um, you're gonna see a ton of upsets. And one of the reasons you're gonna see a ton of upsets is that there are teams that we don't know about that have guys who are who are older guys on their team that are gonna be playing a bunch of one-and-done freshmen, and who who a bunch of guys like Gigi Jackson who could end up being very very good. NBA players, but are but are still figuring out who they are as a basketball player, and uh, and their maturity might not be ready for the NCAA tournament. And so, um, bringing in twenty two year olds, older guys from the mid majors, I love it. I'm uh, sign me up for that. I don't want that to be all we do, which is fair. But so he started his career at South Florida, didn't do much, but then transferred to Walford in twenty twenty, the COVID year, six point eight points. Then his junior year, 16.5. Senior year, 16.6. So he's got the COVID extra year. Thanks, COVID. Hopefully we can land him. But he's in the top 15, and other big schools are coming at him. And I'll tell you what I like about this guy. This guy's big. And he's got size. I love that. And weight. Oh, yeah. 6'8", what, 245 or 245 something? to 261 from all the services I've seen. So, like, he's big. He, he can... He can guard a center, you know, probably because he's so big. He can he can push them around, box and them Walford, out. those they've had success with those guys the last couple of years, and when they've hit the tournament, they always have that chunky center that can not get pushed around and get rebounds when it's time to yeah. shine. We need a guy that can play power forward, and this guy sounds like he can. And then speaking of Citadel, you have Stephen Clark, fifth-year grad transfer, thanks COVID, for another year. Citadel Pipeline, we've started with Hayden Brown. Your thoughts on S- Stephen Clark, 6'8", 205 power forward. Yeah, he's a little d- different, much different build than B.J. Mack, but 
um, sign me up for him too. We need them both. Like, like we need size, you know, both Clark and Mac, both from Charlotte, North Carolina. So only an hour drive, hour and a half. So that could be like coming home. And they're at small schools in the state, like, like getting to go to the sec. I'm sure that's something that they want to do. And I'm sure they're looking to do that. And, and we can provide them playing time. We can time. almost guarantee them playing time. And a couple of guys who are 6'8", having a couple of guys who are 6'8", to pair with Josh Gray is pretty good. Especially if this B.J. Mack guy can play center to where to, to where he could back up Josh Gray at center. To, and to having two guys 6'8". To, to, to where we could basically play, play the two of them in Gray, you, you know, at the four and the five, that's what, 80 minutes? And so, if you could, you could then d- distribute those minutes between the three of them. You, you know, thirty-two, thirty-three minutes a piece. Like, like it's it's a great, it's a great little, you, you know, just rotation of having, of of having those guys in. And uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I think I, I think looking at guys like this is the perfect thing. And I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter that you know we don't want to be known as just all the taking SoCon mid majors, but as long as they have size. And it'd be nice to get a couple, you know, big school transfers too. But at the end of the day, if they can score points and help the team, let's take them. It depends on the big school transfer. Okay. It, it, you it, saw. We, we had two. We had two big school transfers. Michi hit this hit? year and then BBV, BBV did not hit. Yeah. Like, like we had Michi from Ohio State and BBV from Illinois. And uh, Michi hit, BBV didn't. And, uh, you know, the the big school transfers, like, like sure, th- that sounds great, but... If BBV was also as good as Hayden Brown, we'd have been a better team last year. Right. Or if we had Malachi Smith instead of BBV, we'd have been a better team last year. The third transfer that we've been uh, mentioned as to offering and coming at, Miles Tate from Butler, if you recall. On a side note, he's from Roebuck, South Carolina, same town as a little guy called Trey Hannibal that started at Carolina and then went to Murray State and LSU from Roebuck, South Carolina. He was on Dorman High School team with PJ Hall. They were the top two players in the state. Six foot, one sixty five on the skinny side. Started at Butler, spent three years there, and because of COVID, he has two years in the transfer portal. What are your thoughts on Miles Tate? Um, it's I don't know. He was coming off an injury his sophomore year, tore his ACL, kind of was slow, maybe not to full health this year. Didn't have a good season at Butler. D- didn't d- didn't get a lot of playing time. His I, freshman year, he had averaged six points a game. He started a lot of games his I, freshman year. I don't know. I'm not I'm not as excited as I am about the two six eight guys. Okay. It might be that I'm excited about Mac and Clark because we need size, right? You, you know, but I'm not nearly as excited about Tate. As I am the other two. Question for you: Where is Roebuck? It is in the ballpark of Hartsville. Okay, area. Because I thought Hartsville, I, I could have sworn Trey Hannibal was from Hartsville. That's where he went to play high school ball. But okay, all right. All those small towns, I think, kind of filter into Hartsville. You like what I did there? I I asked you before telling you you were wrong. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, but it looks like Miles Tate <laughs> went to Dorman a little bit. I'm, I'm assuming he moved. Must from, have moved from to, birth. Must have moved to Spartanburg. Yeah. But anyway, just wanted to make that, you know, that connection between yeah. Trey Hannibal, big fan, GBO's big fan, Trey Hannibal. We, we, wouldn't we, mind if Trey Hannibal, with his one extra year, comes uh, be, back from LSU. Wouldn't that be a little great? But I don't think he's going to leave. That's that, that's not happening. It's it's obviously if you're new to the GBO, 
um, you've probably deduced that that we really like Jacoby Wright a lot. Oh yeah, we we, we love Trey Hannibal as much as we when Trey Hannibal was a freshman, we loved it, and and then as a sophomore, we were screaming about Hannibal needing to play because we 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 loved him as much as we loved Jacoby. Um, but uh, but as far as Tate is concerned, I'll tell you what. I think we need to use him on different players. I, 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 it's well, how about from this? The state. I think he's a proven point guard, and he's from the state. He's, you know, maybe he could be a Chico Carter, maybe a little bit better than Chico Carter. But it just you have to admit, this year we were short on guards, and it'd be nice to play a guy that's D one caliber and not walk ons. So we we were we were short on guards, and we weren't short on guards. Okay, we had guards that were hurt, and we have Deba coming back. And for his last year, we, we, we had guards that were hurt. This diva guy's coming back. Plus, we have Michi and Wright. We we really don't need a guard. But I don't think we would turn down the right guard for his that right, fourth right. guard. And, and I guess what I'm saying is this guy isn't the right guard. I don't want a project at guard. I don't want to get. We, we already got one guard coming off of an ACL tear. Right. I don't think if we in Deba, I don't think we need to double down on two of those now. Some some kid wants to come in that's that's averaging 17, 18 points a game somewhere. Proven score. Proven score that that we think is going to be better than Chico, better than you, you you know that that could be better than Michi. Like obviously, some we need to put the best players we can on the floor. But this Tate guy does not strike me as being better than Jacoby Wright or Michi Johnson. the The biggest strength that we have coming back next season. Is the backcourt right? We've got Wright and Johnson with Chico coming off the bench, right? Uh, or Chico starting and Wright coming off the bench. Like we've got three proven guys that can play. Plus, we've got Deba as well in the equation. We need size and we need a wing. There you go. And we've and, been talking all year. If we can get two power forwards and a small forward, you take it. Yeah, that's right. We do not need a six foot kid who's coming off an ACL injury. But we, you know, I'm expecting that we might have one more transfer. From this current team, that's yeah. my guess, and you guys can guess what that that person could be. But I think we might have one more transfer. But outside of that, we might be done from the transfer portal situation. Right, and so we've we've basically got three. We've got Gigi Jackson and two transfers, or three transfers, and we've got to get them all right. And we need might need to take our time and make sure we pick the right ones. Yeah. Because, as you know, I think that there's 60 days to hit the portal and yeah. pick a new team. So that's a lot of time the, that can go by. And there's going to be a lot of guys that, that get in the portal after the tournament. There's going to be guys that blow up in the tournament who, you know, at mid-majors. They want to go to a big school. They want to go to a big school. But if I think if they can get Mac, we need to take him and take him early because he's yeah. a proven winner multiple years no, no, no. at Walford. He, he, he is the exact guy that we need. He's the exact guy that we need. And I think Lamont Paris bringing his whole staff up to Charlotte yeah. to have a home-and-home home with him. Yeah. Also, fantastic name for a South Carolina basketball player. I'm just going to B.J. Mack. Like, like that's 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 good. That's good. Do they do they call B.J. Mack and then add the I.E. on some poster? Yeah. I don't know. You, you know. And B.J. Mack, he was almost our coach. That, that Almost. What could have been. But anyway, Lamont Paris... We've been talking all year that he has to hit on the transfer portal this year, and if not, he's in trouble this year. Yeah. Not in, in by losing his job, just by having a successful season. Right. Because I think you and I both agree he's getting at least four years here. 
If he doesn't to make, prove himself into a winner, if he doesn't make at least the NIT by his third year, I could see him get next at the end of his third year. Cause like, there's no reason he's, he's cheap. He's a lot cheaper than Frank was. Right. You know, the, the beauty of the, you know, so the buyout isn't going to be that bad. Like the, the beauty of BJ Mackey not being our coach is that this guy is easy to fire if he doesn't, if he doesn't turn it around. Um, whereas Mackey would be incredibly hard to fire. Um, but you know, we're we're gonna back him. Yeah, we're gonna give him his time. And everything we saw this year, uh, he sh- we showed growth the, the, with right and especially gray. You, you know, the, the, the everyone was joking about what's gonna be more women's losses or SEC men's wins. You, you know, like and and he kind of shattered that. And he really hit on Michi. Yes, in that transfer portal. And and Jacoby Wright has shown a ton of growth. That guy might be our best jump shot shooter on the team. Imagine if Zach Davis shows the level of growth Jacoby showed. Who who had a better freshman year? Jacoby Wright or Zach Davis? That's close. It might be they, Davis. Davis his defense and steals were great. But, but like down the stretch. But, but offensively, they were both liabilities as freshmen. Right. And Jacoby is not. You, you know, like a liability. Now I want him in the with the ball. Taking that little the step back mid range, it's 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 a it's a beauty. And then Zach Davis, he's got the length, and if yeah. he gains the weight and muscle, mm-hmm. he has an SEC body. Oh yeah, and uh, and, and being able to play guard, being that big, he is, he has an NBA body. If he can if he can get the offensive ability down, he has an NBA body. And then Josh Gray, I think he's figured out that he's seven foot two fifty five, and he can move people around. And once he gets it. I think he got the, the light came on the last month of the year. I think next year he can have an all SEC type of year. You ready for this? I'm going to make a prediction about Josh Gray. Okay. All right. Josh Gray is going to be with GG Jackson aside. Okay. Okay. Josh Gray is going to be the highest drafted player out of the in the NBA out of the University of South Carolina since Ronaldo Buckman. So you're saying if he has that big year, I think he has two years left. You think he can make himself into a draft pick? This basically means he has. He's gonna. I'm saying he's gonna get drafted higher than what sixty or fifty seven. What did Thornwell go? I think fifty seven around Thornwell. Yeah, yep. and 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 then I think like that's. I mean, if he has two straight all SEC all SEC years, there's a chance. Yeah, just pe- people Book pay it. people pay attention to seven footers. You can't teach size and weight. That's right. You can coach it, but you can't. <laughs> you can coach it once you have it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what happens with the men. But transfers, we losing two people today from the team, and we're looking at all those transfers. So as we hit each week, we will uh, catch you guys up on that. And if we have some guys commit during the week, we'll have another pod and hit you guys that with some reaction pods. Sounds good. All right. Let's talk about the winners that's right. Of Gamecock basketball. Can I go ahead and, the women. Can I go ahead and get out in front of this? What you got? Okay, I got I got this week's modern exterminating. We know what bugs you. What's bugging you this week? Maryland as our number two. That's what's bugging me. Now what what are you mad about? Well, they're just they were potential I would I would rather have any of the number of the number twos. You know, obviously I'd Is it not exciting to you because we beat them by double digits earlier this year, or do you don't think they're worth the number two spot? No, 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 I think that Maryland. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is that Maryland is the strongest number two. Well, are we scared? 
No, I'm not scared. Now, they didn't have their star player when we played at Maryland earlier in the That's year. That's true. So we haven't seen the team how they were most of the season. That's the What I'm saying is that Maryland is was a borderline number one seat. Okay? We are the overall number one. The overall number one, out of respect, shouldn't get the strongest number two. That's what's In bugging theory, me. should have the worst number now, two. Now, am I worried about it? No. You think Dawn's worried about it? No. Well, then I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it either. It's not really bugging me that much. In fact, I kind of like it because now we can just go whoop them again. All right, Sumter, looking at the bracket, we have Notre Dame in the bracket at number three. Number four, I believe, was UCLA, which is a team that had us on the ropes for half of the game in Columbia. That's your Maryland two, Notre Dame three, and then you have UCLA at four. You worried about anyone outside of those top four seeds in our bracket? So, you know, man. And you have a repeat offender. You got Creighton sneaking around there at number six. I'm not worried about Creighton, okay? okay? Because uh, um, because they're going to lose to UCLA. Okay. I mean, UCLA is tough. Well, wait. No way! Wait, wait, wait. I, I I didn't read the bracket right. Okay, sorry. Already off. Already bad here. Um, Crane's gonna lose to Maryland before we play them. I'm not worried about that. Maryland's gonna go. If if we're not, if it, it doesn't matter who we got in the bracket, because if we're not playing Maryland for the final four, then then we've caught a break. Okay, but I'll tell you the other thing that jumps out here. Okay, UCLA knows that they can beat us. They know that they can play with us for sure. They they played with us for 38 minutes. But you have it, to play 40 minutes. That's right. And, and we're and, not going to be technically on our home floor, but it'll be closest to a home game you can in the NCAA tournament in Greenville. That is true. But but when we say they played with us, they played with us on our home floor. But before that, we have Norfolk State 2 p.m. Friday game, yeah. which is a lunchtime game. And then if we beat Norfolk State, which we should – we get the winner of South Florida Marquette on Sunday. And just notable from that, Marquette beat UConn in the last month of the season. Now, UConn had these weird games where they played great against us and then lose to St. John's and Marquette. But Marquette kind of scares me. And South Florida can hit a lot of three-pointers. Are you worried about South Florida or Marquette in no, that second-round game? I am not. Sumter, you're sounding pretty confident tonight. Um, um, well, I just said I was worried about Maryland. Well, I'm not really worried about Maryland. I know you're not. I, this team, team, one thing about this team that makes me confident is that even when they don't show up, they still show up. And, and even if they're not hitting shots, they still make you play all 40 minutes and beat them. UCLA learned that. A lot of teams this season learn that, and um, and so a team like Creighton, a team like Marquette, like if they're just if if we got down to them in the first quarter, you're not worried. They're just all that means if the starters get get if we got down to them in the first quarter, all that means is that our bench is itching to just get in there in and the dominate. second quarter and hold them to seven points. You know, like. Like that's it. That, that that that's that, and that's what this team does. And that, and that, and being able to do that makes me confident that they will be able to 
get through some of these initial rounds. And then you have, if we can get out of those first two round games, which we should, Oklahoma's at number five, at number five seed. They are the number one scoring offense in NCAA. Well, that would be a fun game then because we're the best defense in the NCAA. Number one offense, number one defense. Technically, in scoring defense, we are number three barely by a few tenths of the point. I don't care what that metric is. We've got the best defense in the in, in, in college basketball. So just curious to see out of that. I'm expecting us to have a nice ride to Sweet 16, which would take us into Greenville. And then you're probably going to have UCLA or Oklahoma coming out. And then you have Creighton at six that are probably going to be Illinois, Mississippi State. And then you have Notre Dame, Southern Utah. I would take Notre Dame there. It's going to be Maryland. And then I saw this stat. It was like 365 to 1 out of the last, I don't know how many seasons that took to get that stat, that the top four seeds – in the NCAA tournament, the top four seeds in the NCAA tournament by the women, there's only been one loss out of those first two rounds. Yeah. Because when the women, when you have the best players, there's not a lot of upsets in those high seed games. The, the, there are not as many teams that are in the top tier. Like there is a difference. There's a much bigger difference in women's basketball between between the, the best teams in the country and mid-majors than there is in, say, men's basketball. One of the reasons is that in on is is that in women's basketball we have players like Aaliyah Boston, Zaya Cook, Bree Beal, who are all seniors. You know, if this if, if their equivalents on the men's side are in the NBA after their freshman or sophomore year. And so, and 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 that's what helps lead to some of these mid-major programs being better is that teams with like this Furman team that's got R.J. Slauson's little brother on it, uh, on on the men's side, is Jalen Jalen Slauson I, I think is who it is. They're really good, and 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 they might upset somebody, but that's because Jalen Slauson's 22, 23 years old, and and. You know, but but th- but but we don't have that, and 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 the best teams have eighteen, nineteen year olds on their team, but we don't have that on the women's side. You know, like the the best teams have like we got seniors. You know, on on this team, you I'm, take I'm experience twenty four seven. Yeah, experience and talent. I'm not worried. All right, so we'll see what happens with the ladies, but Friday Sunday games and a little Friday maybe skip work Friday afternoon. Think we can, think you can get out of that. Make that I, game Friday. I am not gonna be there. My wife's gonna be there with our tickets with a friend of hers. Um, I'm I'm um I'm out of town at a golf thing with my dad. So hopefully Sunday you can make. Yeah. Because we we gonna win these two first two round games, and I yeah. mean, you, and technically you got to see Boston's technical last and Cook last and Beal's last home games in Columbia. That's true. Maybe. You know, so. According to maybe we'll sing happy birthday. Maybe she'll just come to, oh, just to try to get her to come, come back. back. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on the bracket, Bryce? Um, I guess overall, I was cur- interesting to see UConn get a number two seed. Yeah, and then I was. Um, I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to. I'll tell you what. I, I've got a prediction. They don't for have you. the bench. You ready for the? You, you ready for the? Mo- for uh, well, it's not a modern exterminating prediction. What's that? But a uh, but but a GBO bowl prediction here. What's that? UConn's bracket. All right, you ready for uh, so that's the 
they've got the weakest one seed in Virginia Tech. Okay, all right. Uh, UConn is the two. All right, you ready for who's coming out of, into the final four out of that bracket? Okay, Tennessee. Tennessee's hot. They're hot. They're the four seed. Also, a t- Tennessee UConn the Elite Eight matchup that would be a lot of fun. The TV audience would enjoy that. That would be that'd be that would oh gosh, we would have we would hear. I I would not enjoy having to listen to people talk about Gino versus Pat Summit on, on incessantly, but uh, which they would do. They would probably even yeah, but but uh, but so. And then I was um, interesting to see LSU hit a three seed. But I think that was just based on their non-con schedule. They didn't play nobody. I'll tell you what. We could end up with a South Carolina, Tennessee, LSU Final Four. Ooh. That is, that is like, I'm not saying all that is going to happen. Right. Okay. But, but, uh, but, but the, all, that is a reality. I mean, I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's like, like who you like LSU versus Utah. LSU can absolutely beat Utah. They would have to beat Indiana, who's pretty good. And then I'm curious to see Iowa come out of that Stanford bracket. I think it'll probably come down to, unless they have another crappy game or two early on, you could see Stanford and Iowa in that Elite Eight game. I wish that Stanford was on the other side because of of uh, of like Boston Cook and Beal's relationship with Haley Jones and Cameron Brink. Right. Playing them again for the title would be fun. I mean, they're on our side. So, I mean, but then it would be great just to play Iowa finally and just show them what SEC basketball is all about. That's true. So, if Iowa or Stanford coming out of there, wouldn't mind it. Wouldn't mind it at all. I would love, would have loved if Tennessee was Iowa's like three. That would have been a lot of fun. Um, but anything, or if LSU was Iowa's three, that would have been fun too. But outside of that, those are the only notable things I saw. Um, but we're on the side with Stanford, and then the other side you had Indiana. Mitch will be happy about them being number one, and Virginia Tech was the surprising number one seed yeah. on the other bracket. You know what I think is interesting? What's that? So, like, the SEC has just been criticized all season about being about soft. How, about being soft. And, um, and, you know, like, LSU w- w- was basically a top ten team all season. Top five at times. They, they they got as high as three. They played us as tough as almost anybody else did. They played us outside of UCLA. Sure. UCLA, Stanford, Stanford. and Ole Miss. And right. Ole Miss are the only ones that played us closer. And, um, and you know, they're three. And then they put Tennessee as a four. Where was, where was this love for Tennessee all season? You know, like. The 90s. The 90s. Yeah. The 90s love. They haven't forgotten about it. But but I'm, I'm just saying Tennessee should have been. Tennessee should have been ranked more this season. And Rakia Jackson announced she's coming back next year for Tennessee. So Ooh. I think I think Tennessee with some transfers and a class, they're going to be back at the top tier. She's SEC. she's a really really good player. Oh yeah, and she, the transfer from Mississippi State, she's killing it. Yeah. But anyway, outside of that, no really other surprises. I I would I guess I would love for just on TV. I'd love to see all the number ones hit the final four. And I outside of that, I'd love to see Iowa. I would love it. I would love. And then eventually in that championship game. Tennessee to be UConn. What if we saw a little Indiana would love to shut up some Indiana fans as well. Tennessee beating UConn in the final, in in the, to go to the final four. That's, that's, that's what the, of non South Carolina related scenarios. That's what I want to have happen. 
I think that would be great. I think it would be great for the SEC. You know, well, we start an SEC chant. Oh, if there was all those SEC teams. Oh, that would be so much fun being at the Final Four, watching Tennessee play LSU. You, you know, like it just means more. Yeah, I wonder what Mitch would think about that. <laughs> how how much? How long until I have to stop like giving Mitch a hard time? I think we need to have him on the pod, and he'll apologize. Tell you what, Mitch, if you're out there on the pod, if I win that modern gift card, I'll give it to you if you come on the pod. I mean, he's he's been a pest all year. That's <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, he needs to apologize. Anyway, we're just talking about that one AP voter that cost us from being a unanimous number one all, all year. All, all season. Anyway, but join our bracket. It's getting hot. Get out there. Get your picks. Get modern exterminating. Maybe we'll get Glenn to throw in a T-shirt or something like that. You know, something else. I love how he threw in something. And you are. Have you started um, in kids' books? Do you read Lucy if you give a mouse a cookie? Oh yeah, I have. You are the mouse in the proverbial. If you give a mouse a cookie, always want more. Yeah, you're gonna ask for a glass of milk. Hey, when in Rome. Does that work? No. That's a shame. No. But anyway, join the bracket. See if you can beat Sumter and I. And uh, win you a couple visits for Modern Exterminating on the house. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. If we see any breaking news from the transfer portal, we'll might come earlier. But if not, we'll see you next Sunday after hopefully the ladies are into the Sweet 16. I'm trying to think of what would cause us to do an emergency pod right now. A couple transfer and or or Gigi maybe announced that he was staying. That and you know <laughs> we'll, we'll have, I know for sure we'll talk about it sometime. That's right. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you again next week. Go Cox. GBO out.